Let us have some prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you once again, Master, first of all, to say thank you, Lord. Lord, you have been so good to us, O oh God. Lord, this morning early you woke us up and you started us on our way. Lord, in the rain and on the dangerous highways, Master, Lord, you put your arms around us, O oh God. And you protected us from hurt, harm, and danger, Master. And Lord, we say thank you. And Lord, you were so sweet and so kind, Master, that you brought us once again to the house of prayer. Lord, these your people, Master, you brought as well, O oh God. And Lord, we thank you, Master, for one more time to gather together to worship your holy name. And on today, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask that you open your word unto us, O oh God. Open your word unto all ages, Master. Lord, let your Holy Spirit touch us. Give us understanding minds and listening ears and receiving hearts. In the name of Jesus, Master. Lord, I know if you do not teach, teaching will not be done. But Lord, I'm leaning and depending on you today, Master, to teach, oh God. And so, Lord, on today, Master, as we look at your word in Leviticus, Master, Lord, we want to hear from you in earnest, O oh God. We want to hear what thus saith the Lord. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus. And the whole church said, Amen. Leviticus chapter 3, verse 6. Leviticus chapter 3, verse 6 you will find these words. If his offering as a sacrifice of peace offering to the Lord is a flock, whether male or female, he shall offer it without blemish. This morning, as we continue in our series of lessons on what's in the Bible anyway, What's in the Bible anyway? This morning we want to talk about the peace offering. The peace offering. In light of this particular text that we're beginning to look at, there is a story that must be told to understand what the peace offering is all about. Months ago, several months ago, we were in the book of Genesis. And the book of Genesis in the first three or four chapters unfolded a story of the creation of the world and all that is within it. And the crowning creation of God was human beings, you and me. He created them to love him. This morning we've been singing about love. We've been singing continually and the theme has been about loving God. And your utmost, your highest thing that God has required of all of us is to love him. By raising up your hands, who in here loves God. Amen. Amen. That is a majority. And it is my hope and my prayer that everyone will love the Lord. And so because God 
created you to love him and to make the choice to love him and obey him. He gave you the opportunity to do right or do wrong. To obey or to disobey. To be stubborn or to be willing. God gave each and every one of us that opportunity. But in the third chapter of Genesis, we find that mankind, humans, decided that they wanted to disobey God. God said that in the Garden of Eden, this beautiful place, with many beautiful trees and fruits that were sweet and delicious to the taste. God said, you may eat of every tree in this field except one. And it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Of all those trees, he said, you may eat. But of this one tree, you may not. But there was something in man that caused them to want to have something that God forbidden them to have. It's just like us. It's just like when our parents tell us we shouldn't do this or we shouldn't do that. Stay out of the cookie jar. Don't go across the street. What do we do? The first thing we want to do is run across the street and as soon as mom and dad, grandma and papa turn their back, we got our hands in the cookie jar. Why? Because there's something within us that wants to do that which God does not want us to do. And this whole story of the Bible is about getting that thing out of you. That thing that is displeasing to the Lord. There is something called human nature, children. That's why you lie. That's why you cheat on your homework. That's why you cheat on tests. That's why you go across the street when you shouldn't be going. That's when you eat things that your parents tell you not to eat. It's human nature. But that human nature is not a good thing because it displeases God. God commands you to obey your parents for this is good in his sight. But because of that human nature, we keep doing that which is not good in his sight. But God has an answer for that. We've been talking about love today and we've been talking about Jesus Christ since we started. Jesus Christ is that someone who every one of us needs in order to stop doing that which we shouldn't be doing and to start doing that which we should. So in the story of Adam and Eve, Eve listened to that old serpent, Satan. If you remember from our first lessons, I said that Satan, that old serpent, is more cunning than any other beast in the field. He was smarter and more sly than any other beast. He was so sly that he was able to convince Eve that she should eat of that tree. She should bite into that fruit, even though God said, don't do it. 
You know, that's just a whole lot like sometimes when you're with some of your friends. Your parents have told you that they didn't want you to go down to that park. Don't go no further than your friend's house. And you're looking around and you're saying to yourself, they ain't looking. And then your friend is saying, you'll never get caught. It's all right. We can be down to that park and play and be back before anything happens. And so the next thing you know, you're following this person who's causing you to disobey your parents. Now you're down there believing that you're having fun. But on the other side, you don't know what's going to happen to you. Sometimes when you're in those situations, things bad happen to you. You may have went down there on your bicycle along with your friend, and now some big bullets have showed up, and they've taken your bike. Or somebody who doesn't like you, you're out of place, you're away from where God has told you to be through your parents, and now somebody's trying to beat you up. All because you disobeyed your parents. But you know what, children? That's tricky. Because listen to what the serpent told Eve. He told her, you surely won't die. Just like your friends will tell you, surely your parents won't catch you. And so after she ate, she looked around, surely, and said, hmm. I didn't die. Surely this serpent was right. And that's how a lot of you think you're right today. Because you have sinned, you have disobeyed, and you didn't get caught. And so now you're thinking, you know what? I'm smart enough that I can keep doing this. Because I didn't get caught. But I'm here to let you know that there is a day that you will get caught Amen. if you keep playing that game. Because the story goes on to let us know that it was many years later, but Adam and Eve still died. The Bible says Adam was 930 years old. That's a long time, but he still died. It's not going to be that long for you and for me. And when you have thought that you have gotten away with it, when you believe that everything is all right because you didn't get caught, you are beginning a slippery slope on your way to destruction. You're on your way to messing up big time. Some of the kids in this room are getting older now. And now your hormones are starting to work. And now all of these things are starting to come out of this. Boys having feelings for girls, girls for boys. And you're starting to think about things that you shouldn't be thinking about. And some of you may be doing things that you shouldn't be doing. And some of us may have been forgotten or have gotten away with something for now. But sin always has a consequence. Yes. Doing that that is not pleasing to the Lord always, I want you to hear me, always has a consequence. Even though you have not realized it yet, even though I don't feel nothing, I haven't seen anything go wrong yet, all I've had is pleasure. Yes. Sin is what's called a passing pleasure. It don't last very long. 
And then after that, all of the heartache comes. Little girls, when you get into relationships with boys and having sex, the next thing you know, you're pregnant. Now your life has been put into a tailspin. You thought it was a good feeling and all of this and me and my boyfriend this and me and my boyfriend that. And all of a sudden now you're pregnant and your boyfriend is nowhere to be found. Now he done got scared and now he running back to mom and daddy and yet you are stuck with that baby. I'm not telling you something that I heard. I'm telling you something that I know. I got family and I got friends who have gone through this situation and their life has been thrown into a tailspin. They were in high school and they were on their way. They had big plans of going to college and doing great things. But because they wanted to do what their parents told them not to do, which God said not to do, and they thought they were getting away with it. They thought they were eating from this tree of knowledge and good and evil. See, that's the problem. The tree was of knowledge of good and evil. And see, we get a chance to get a taste of that evil, and the next thing you know, everything is stuck. And everything is starting to play backwards instead of forward. Now that opportunity to go to university is out because you got a baby. Now I've got to look at trying to take care of my baby and look for getting a penny any job. Now I got to work at McDonald's or at the grocery store when I wanted to be a doctor, I wanted to be a lawyer, I wanted to be a surgeon. I can't do that right now because I have sinned against God and sin has showed up in my life. I thought I was getting away with it. Many weekends I got away with it, but all of a sudden I was locked up. Young boys going around and Being with different women and and young girls and your hormones are raging. The next thing you know, you caught this disease called AIDS. If not that syphilis or gonorrhea, now you're sick. Now you're having to go take shots and and now your body is not acting like it should. You was on your way to a great career in athletics and now all of a sudden my body just ain't working right. One day I'm having these terrible headaches and I can't think. My legs don't work like they used to. My arms don't work like they used to. Now everything has been put on hold because I wanted to do that which God told me not to do. Sin. It does have a consequence, even though you may not see it immediately. That's the trick. That's what Satan understood. That's why he's more cunning than any other beast in the field. Because he knew when Eve bit of that and Adam, they wouldn't die immediately. But they really did. What they didn't understand is that it wasn't their external body. It wasn't this body that we see that died immediately. It was the spirit within them. You don't want to be living without a live spirit. You don't want to be dead in your spirit. Because then you cannot communicate with the one who has your life in his hands. And in his hands, God does. And that is the way by which you communicate. When you pray, if you pray, and I encourage all of you to start praying and praying now. Don't wait. Start talking to the Lord now. When you talk to the Lord, you talk to him via your spirits. 
God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. First of all, you must worship him having a spirit that is alive. And then according to the truth of his word. That's why it's so important to be here and to learn what thus saith the Lord. But in our story, they sinned against God. But because God is all-knowing, see, there's a big word, children, called omniscience. Just a big word that means he knows everything, past, present, and future. Everything you have done, are doing, and will do. He knew you needed some help because he knew that you would fail. And so he sent his son, Jesus Christ. To die for you. Sister Wright made it very clear. Is that's why we're here today. She said that he died. One Friday evening. And he was buried. And he rose from the grave. With all power in his hand. See that's good news children. That's a reason to shout hallelujah. That's a reason to praise the Lord. That's a reason to say thank you Jesus. When you know that he rose with all power in his hand. Because what we find is that in our study lesson, we find that in Leviticus, now we're at the peace offering. The burnt offering represented Jesus Christ dying on the cross. Remember how the blood had to be sprinkled and it had to be a male. Not a male and a female, but a male. Jesus Christ is a male. And that represented his blood being shed for your sins. See, there's a price each and every one of us would have to pay in hell because of our disobedience. But God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that the whosoever's, that's you, that's me, who would believe on him, who would trust him, who would say to him, Lord, have mercy on me. Say, Lord, forgive me of my disobedience. Forgive me of how I mistreated my parent. Forgive me of how I mistreated my friend. Forgive me of how I've cheated on tests. Forgive me of how I've done things that God, you are not pleased of. And come and live in me. And then we moved on to the green offering. Because God had been so good to you and that he had had mercy on you when you called on his name to live in your life because you knew that you needed him, you then lifted a grain offering. You then gave all you had to everything you did to what? Praise the Lord, to worship the Lord. See, that's why I kept saying on last second Sunday that you need to give it all you got. That when you sing, you need to sing from your heart. When you run, you need to run from your heart. When you play football, you need to play football from your heart. When you play basketball, you need to play basketball from your heart. Because when Jesus Christ died on the cross from you one Friday evening, he died from his heart. God demonstrated his love in his heart toward us. That while we were yet sinners, while we didn't care nothing about him, while we weren't thinking about him, he died from his heart. So now that you have been given the opportunity to come to Christ and that Christ wants to live in you and he's had mercy on you, you give him all that you got. Amen. 
Don't, don't shirk the Lord. Don't give him half. Don't give him a quarter. Don't give him 75%. Give him all of you. And do it from the heart because you love him. Now I saw a whole lot of hands that was raised that said they love the Lord. So my question today is, are you giving God your all? When you study, when you're doing your homework, do you give God your all? Do you try to learn all of your lessons or do you just try to get enough to pass? Because if all you're doing is giving enough to pass, you ain't giving God your all. So you haven't given him your grain offering. How many of you, when you study, then you go into the test and you give it your all? Not trying to answer two or three questions, then looking on another sheet to see what somebody else is doing and get their answer. But to answer it according to what you have done in your own homework to give him your all. In this room right now, I feel those who are not giving their all to hear what thus saith the Lord right now. But you say you love him. But the spirit says you're not giving your all. You're not really trying to pay close attention to these words of life. That are more than just the sermon that's happening right now. But it's the things that you need to have to live your life. Whether you live to be 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100, whatever. These are the principles by which you will live and have a successful life. But if you don't give it your all right now, then when it's time, you won't even have the answer. You'll be spinning around and you'll be wringing your hands in disturbed spirits because I can't figure out what I should have done. That's because you didn't listen when God had you where he had you to learn. Remember I said that the people of Israel doing Exodus was in a place to learn. They were in a place in the wilderness to learn before they entered the promised land. You are here in the church at your age to learn. Pastor Givens has given you the opportunity to have your own worship service so you can learn. So that the sermons are tailored as much as possible toward your lives. Towards you as children, obedient to your parents and doing things on a daily basis, playing and going to school. This is how relevant this word is to you. But you got to learn it now. You don't want to be like me when I was a grown man before I ever even thought about Christ. I made a whole lot of mistakes before then. But if I, now that I know what I know now, if I knew it then, when I was your age, I'd have gave my life to Christ. Because there's some things I'm still paying for today. It's been 30 years and I'm paying for a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have been paying for. And I'm here today to cry out to each and every one of you, don't make the mistakes that I made. Don't make the mistakes that Adam and Eve made. Do the right thing now so that your life is prosperous and you have good success. The man of God, Joshua, said that I will meditate on the word day and night and to do all the things that are in it so that my days will be long. He said that my days will be successful, that they will be prosperous. And that's what we want for you. Every adult in this room who has lived some time in this life looks at you guys and says, we don't want you to go down the path. We went down. We want you to be better than we are. And that's why we are here today. And so in this text, as I come to a close, the peace offering 
It's all about being able to be close to God. See, it's not good enough just to be saved. It's not good enough just to know that I'm no longer going to hell, but I'm on my way to heaven. You know what? If I ask y'all today to go to a home on, let's say, 167th and Lackman, there's a good chance that don't nobody in here know who's at that location, right? Amen? Amen. So now, as we start to think about going to that location, how many in here want to go right now? Anybody want to go there? No. There's nobody raising their hands, right? There's a good reason, right? Why? I want to hear. Somebody tell me why. It sounds far. It sounds far? All right, sir. And what else? We don't know nobody there. Now, heaven sounds far. And if you don't get some fellowship with the Lord, you don't get in this peace offering and start living close to the Lord, you ain't going to really want to go to heaven because you won't know anybody there. You would have heard of the address like 167th and Lackman, but you don't know anybody there. You heard of heaven and you heard of the angels in heaven, but you won't know Jesus and you won't know God. So there ain't no place to go if you're going to get there and he's going to be a stranger. So now here's the peace offering. The peace offering is all about you drawing close to the Lord. When your parents are with you, you don't just sit there day in and day out without saying a word. And they not say something to you. You communicate with one another. You tell them about the things that are on your mind. They tell you about the things that are on their mind. Your heavenly father in glory is just the same. He wants to hear from you sometimes. He wants to talk with you sometimes. You go day after day saying that you love the Lord, but you don't pray. You never stop for a minute and say, Lord, thank you. Glory, hallelujah, praise your name. See, God wants to hear you say thank you for all he's done. His only begotten son. See, I know you won't understand this because you don't have children yet. But when you get there, you will understand it's the only child he had. Jesus Christ, he gave his child for you, for me. Not only just gave him, but he died. His life was given for you. Now he's given all of them and the best that he had for you. And you can't even say thank you. Think about it when something precious to you, maybe some great treats, some great candy or a toy, and somebody asks to play with it, and they play with it and then give it back to you or maybe not give it back to you, and they never say thank you. Don't that hurt your feelings? Don't you want to hear somebody say thank you for letting them, you borrow their stuff and, and them borrow your stuff? Don't you want to hear that? Well, God wants to hear that out of y'all because you did more than borrow his son. That was a commitment. His son, life for you. So he wants to hear you say thank you. When we come in this place, we ain't even got to get here, but while we're here, we ought to be saying thank you. 
Reverend Houston, I didn't have to get up here and prime you. Sister Whitaker, I didn't have to get up here and prime you. I didn't have to get up here and prime you. You ought to be saying thank you when you walk in that door. Because he gave his son for you. You didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. He said while we were yet sinners, he died. So we ought to be saying thank you if we love him. We ought to be saying hallelujah. We ought to be beating Sister Johnson to the songs. Because we love him. So when you raise your hand the next time to say, do you love him? Survey your life and say, does my life show that I love him? Do I talk about him amongst my friends? Do I say how I love the Jesus that saved my soul? Do I say hallelujah? Do I say thank you, Jesus? Do I really, from my heart, believe it? Do I have a grain offering, not just words that say thank you, but really from my heart? Do I really appreciate him in my heart? It's all about having a heart condition. And so today, I'm encouraging you to lift up your peace offering. To pray and talk with the Lord today. But don't just make it one that you do on Sunday every day of your life. He is your heavenly father. Just like your earthly parents, he wants to hear from you. He wants to hear about your successes at school. He wants to hear about your test grades, whether good or bad. If you're doing bad, he wants to hear from you so he can help you. If you're doing good, he wants to hear from you so he can praise you. He wants to get in your life, and he wants to be a part of your life. But you can only do it by giving that peace offering. Getting close to the Lord, praying and trusting in him. And once again, I go back to the words that Sister Wright had already said to y'all earlier. That one Friday evening in a place called Gargathus Hill, outside the camp of Jerusalem, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, died in your place. The Bible says that he was on that cross from 9 o'clock in the morning to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. When you hear Pastor Gibbons says from the third to the ninth hour, he's saying from the 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock, and he died. Now imagine him on this cross for you that didn't care nothing about him, wasn't even born yet, wasn't thinking about him, but he was thinking about you. The father was thinking about you because he loved you so much that he said, son, you're going to have to die for him. He was on that cross there and put nails in his hands and nails in his feet. But these weren't like the nails that you put up a sign over there. These were like spikes. Huge spikes like hold down the cross tires uh, and hold down the rails on the track. They nailed him in his hand and they nailed him in his feet. Because he loved you. He went through excruciating pain, Jesus did. That's the kind of love he had for you. And all he's asking for you, from you, is to do your best. To worship him by doing your best and to obey him. He's not asking you to die on the cross for him because he's already done it for you. He paid a payment that you couldn't pay. He died. But the story didn't end there. At 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they took him off that cross. He had been pierced in the side and 
blood and water had come streaming down. The reason why the story talks about blood and water being separated, streaming down, because that showed that he was really dead. He wasn't just faking it. He was really dead. He really died for you. They took him off that cross and they put him in a borrowed tomb. He was in that tomb all night Friday night. He was in that tomb all day Saturday. He was in that tomb all night Saturday night. He was in there for you. He died. And I mean really died. He was buried. The Bible says in his burial, your sins and my sins were buried with him. All this disobedience that y'all doing, all this stuff that I do wrong, it was buried with him. So that you wouldn't have to pay the penalty if you put your faith in him. If you ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins, if you ask the Lord to come and live in you, that's what this is all about. He's taking care of it. He's prepared a gift for you. You just got to receive it. See, that's the gift of his death and his burial is that it is a gift. If I came today and I had a gift wrapped in a box with a bow, and I said, Aaliyah, here, take this gift. And you said, that's all right. Then I'd have to take it back. Amen. Even though it's for you, if you didn't receive it, then all I could do is take it back. Yeah. Ariana, if I had a gift for you in a golden box with a whole lot of great ribbons on it, and I said, here's a gift for you, and you said, Reverend no, uh-uh, I don't want that. All I could do is take it back. And you would not receive the blessings that was in that box. All of what I've put in it and sacrificed for, for your enjoyment, for your comfort, you would not have because you didn't receive it. Brother Baker, if I did the same thing for you and you said, no, Reverend Butler, you wouldn't get that gift either. And all of what I worked hard to do to put in here sweat and tears I would feel bad about it and you wouldn't get the joy of having the comfort and the fun of whatever I had in that box for you. That's how Jesus Christ feels. That's how the Father feels when you don't ask him to come into your life. He's died on the cross. He gave all that he had for you and you reject him. This wonderful gift that's greater than any other gift that you could ever have. When he tries to give it, you say, that's all right. That hurts him deeply. And you do not receive the comfort and the blessings that comes with that gift. So what that he died on the cross and all your sins were buried? If you don't receive that gift, it doesn't mean anything to you because you are still in your sins on your way to hell. But you don't have to go there. And you can be on your way to heaven by receiving that gift. And then on top of that, you can get to know the one who gave it. By this peace offering, now you can start to pray and talk with him and he will talk with you. He will walk with you and you will know that you are his own. And so the story goes on to let us know that early Sunday morning, Jesus Christ got up with all power in his hand. 
That's good news, y'all, because you don't want to serve a dead Savior. You want to serve a risen Savior, that he is alive and alive indeed. The Bible says he stayed over for a 40-day layover. But then he stepped out on a cloud and went back to glory. And now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you. Just because he's gone back to that faraway place doesn't mean he's forgotten you. The reason why we're here today and you're listening to the message today is because God has not forgot you. But today is your opportunity to get to know him. The doors of the church are open. He's paid the price for you. He's loved you so much. And all he's requiring from you is to give your life to him. It's to say, Lord, forgive me of my sins and come and live in me. I don't want to live my life the way I'm living. I'm miserable. I'm not happy. And it's showing on my face. I say I love you, but I'm not getting all of what that means. I want to feel it down in my soul. I want to be happy. I want to be free. I want to be joyous. Lord, come live in me. That's what he's requiring of you. Because he paid the price that you couldn't pay. And he's loving and he's waiting on you. And his arms are stretched open wide. For the whosoever wills that come. John 3.16, the most popular verse in the Bible said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That the whosoever's, that's the key right there. It doesn't matter who you are, how old you are, where you live, what you have done. It's the whosoever's. Come. Come. He's got the great gift for you. He says, come. And that you should have eternal life. That you should not perish, but have eternal life. Some of us aren't even starting to live life yet. But there's a man and his name is Jesus that want to show you life and life more abundant. But you got to come. You got to trust him today. I want you to get there where your burnt offerings are right. I want you to get there where your grain offering is right. I want you to get there where your peace offering is right. I want you to be walking with him and talking with him and knowing that you are his own. And that when that day comes, children, and it will come. I know you don't think about death right now, but one of these days you're going to die. And when that day comes and it's time to make that long, faraway journey, you want to know the man. Who's going to be there to receive you? You don't want to go to that place and say, hmm, I don't know nobody up here. And I don't know who this is. This one who's shining so bright. I don't know. I'm in a strange place. You want to know him for yourself. And you got to get to know him first by letting him in your heart. And that's the story of the gospel. That's the good news that Jesus has made a way for you. And that's good news. You can come today. So little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, 
Yes, Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. None came, but there's still plenty good room. Amen.